book of Amos, chapter number 7, and verse number 14, and then to the book of Amos, chapter number 8, and verse 1. Amos 7 and 14, Amos 8 and 1. While you're marking your calendars, remember June the 1st, Wednesday night, Brother Jordan Stumbo, one of our missionaries to Russia, is going to be with us, and uh, he and his family will be here on that Wednesday evening. His father has been in Russia now, I think, uh, almost 25 years, and they came home a few uh, back in March when that war broke out. They were, uh, they were instructed to come back to the States. And uh, he messaged me this week. He said, I can't stay away any longer. He's going back this week to Russia. So pray for Brother Mark Stumbo and Sister Stumbo, Sister Wanda, that the Lord would be with them and help them to do their work. I have a lot of respect for people that, uh, that will go in the middle of a very difficult situation just because they know that's their field of labor. And so Brother Mark is going back this week. Brother Jordan is going to be with us on the June the 1st, Amos chapter number 7 and verse number 14. And then we're going to read verse number 1 of the next chapter, chapter number 8. If you found it, say amen. amen. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. But I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. He said, I wasn't a prophet. I wasn't a prophet's son. I was just a shepherd. Just a shepherd and a field worker. A gatherer of sycamore fruit. Chapter number 8 and verse number 1. Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me. And behold, a basket of summer fruit. Thus hath the Lord God showed me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. I want to preach to you for a while this morning, something I feel like the Lord has dealt with me about. And I hope that if I'm preaching to you, that you'll just let the Holy Ghost work. But I want to preach on a message titled, Wounded, But Not a Waste. Wounded, but not a waste. God, I know, Lord, that you've got a purpose for this service. I ask, God, that the anointing of your spirit would settle on this house. God, that your word... would move in this place. Oh God, I feel your presence right now. I pray God that you would anoint the ear of every hearer. Help us hear what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us. I pray for the mind and the heart of every hearer, God, that we could receive it in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that you would confirm your word by moving in this place, by sending your anointing into this house, God, by destroying yokes in people's lives. I pray, God, 
speak your word into somebody's life today. Faith comes by hearing. Let somebody hear the word and get enough faith to break out of their circumstance. To get enough faith, oh God, by hearing to break the bands of the enemy off of their life. God, have your way in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Give the Lord a good praise as you're being seated this morning. Amen. The term summer fruit was a recurring phrase, a recurring theme in a few passages of the Bible. Just a quick reference, you'll find that Zeba came to David offering summer fruit. The prophets Isaiah and Micah, as well as what we read from Amos, all spoke about summer fruit. Most crops that are cultivated by man come to fruition in the harvest time, the fall of the year. That's why we call it the harvest season. Because the spring is generally the season to plant. The summer is the season to water. And the fall is the season to harvest. But few of these, but these few prophets employed the vision of what they called summer fruit. Summer fruit was exactly what it says, fruit that ripened in the heat of the summer. The problem with the summer fruit, especially in the Bible days when there was no refrigeration, the problem with summer fruit that you only had a small window of time to harvest it. Because of the bright sunshine, the warm weather, the hot temperatures, the fruit would go from ripe to rotten in a very small window of time. Summer fruit was a right now situation. If you delay, you may lose the harvest. Summer fruit is a time of urgency. I can't waste time or I'll lose my summer harvest. If I delay, if I don't act quickly, I'll lose what God is trying to give me for summer fruit. Can I just tell you this morning that I'm planning on having revival this summer? Amen. Praise God. I'm not planning on waiting until the fall to have another harvest. I'm planning on having summer fruit. I wish somebody'd say amen. We are already entering into that summer vacation season. And I'm telling you, I'm glad that you can take a vacation and get away. I hope that you'll get to go, get refreshed, and come back better than ever. Some are already gone. Some are getting ready to go. Some are leaving in the next week or so. And I'm glad you can get away. But can I just remind you that when you're not on vacation, come to church. Praise God. Amen. Y'all aren't running around on that one? What's going on here? (laughs) When you're not on vacation, come to church. 
And when you come to church, come ready to worship. Amen. We're in a summer harvest situation. And we can't afford to waste time. If we don't get it while it's here, we might lose it. So we got to take advantage of the moment and the time. Amen. I don't expect a lot of shouting on this, but go fishing on Saturday or early Sunday or Sunday afternoon, but be at church at church time. Praise God. And if you're watching this from a fishing boat right now, thank you for joining. We'll see you next Sunday at 10 o'clock. We can't wait because we got summer fruit that's ready right now. If we miss this opportunity, we may lose it and never get another chance. Amen. There's people coming through these doors this summer that can't wait for us to have a September revival. We got to have a summer revival. We need a, I'll tell you what else we need. We need a move of God right now. There's people here this morning that this may be the only chance or the last chance. It's a right now situation. Amen. Summer fruit is a right now proposition. The Bible said in Acts 22 and 16, and now, everybody say now. now. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. If, you, if God's dealing with your heart about getting right with him, you don't need to waste not one moment. You need to arise right now. I tell you what, you could be baptized while I'm finishing this sermon in here. You could be being baptized back there in Jesus' name. It's no time to waste. Amen. When God deals with your heart, it's time to move. It's time to act. It's time to go. Because summer fruit is a right now proposition. God, in his wisdom, uses many types of people. When you survey the prophets of old, they were all unique and marked with particular characteristics. Each one had a particular viewpoint or a method of communication. Their prophecies were from God, but their personality, the personality of the spokesman was not lost. Here's what Charles Spurgeon said on the matter. He said it this way, quote, Every prophet has a manner and style peculiarly his own. Although God speaketh through them all, yet they lose not their individuality or originality of character. The breath which causes the music is the same, but no two instruments give forth precisely the same sound. God uses people, their personality, their dispositions, their talents for His glory. People who tend to be melancholy, usually get that kind of a word from God. And the optimist tends to hear messages of hope because God uses people often based on their predispositions. God doesn't always use who we think He should use. If I were in charge of Heaven's Human Resource Department, I doubt that I would have hired some of the people that God hired. I doubt I would have chose Moses with his speech impediment to go talk to Pharaoh for me. I probably wouldn't have used Samson, who had a problem controlling his flesh, to have the strongest body in human history. I probably wouldn't have chosen whiny 
Jonah to go to Nineveh. I doubt I would have used Jacob who had a problem with honesty. Can we talk about David's embarrassing situations? Rahab, the harlot? No, I'm not going to hire her to save the spies that are coming to Jericho. Simon Peter, nope, I'm not going to use him. He flies off the handle too quickly. You can't trust his, his decisions under pressure. No, sir, if I was in charge of heaven's human resource department, many of the biblical heroes wouldn't have gotten the job if I was in charge of it. But God chooses who God wants to choose and gives them the ability to do something for him. The question is not, am I good enough to be used by God? The question is, will I allow God to use me? Greatness comes from obeying God's voice, not from your human ability or talent. That's why I know this church is in the early stages of a remarkable revival. Because we're not just sitting around crying about what we can't do and what we don't have. We made up our mind that if God's going to do something, I want to be right in the middle of it. If he's going to do it, he can do it through me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me preach to you for a little bit this morning. God uses people, all types of people, in all types of circumstances, with all types of backgrounds. God's not looking for superstars. God's looking for people willing to do something for him. Amen. The next time you see somebody, you think, well, they don't deserve to do that. Why they, They've done this, this, and that. They shouldn't be up there doing that. They shouldn't be used. You just need to hush it down right there and understand that if it wasn't for a merciful God, there would not be one single person in this place right now. Amen. I'm not God's human resource director. It's not my job to determine who God's going to pull out of darkness and pull out of sin and pull out of bondage and give them a work to do for him. All I want to do is say, God, you can do whatever you want in my life. Well, praise God. God's just looking for people willing to do whatever he wants them to do. Here's what Amos said about himself in Amos 7 and 14. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. I didn't have a pedigree. I wasn't raised in a prophet's home. God didn't call me because of who my daddy was. I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. I was a herdman. I was a shepherd. I was at the bottom of society's structure. I wasn't someone in power. I wasn't someone that had a great, uh, a great pedigree. All I was was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. That's all I did. It's not high-end work. But if you can't be trusted to do little jobs, you can't be trusted to do big jobs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. You might not be enjoying it, but I'm having the time of my life right now. Amen. I had a, I pastored a preacher one time. I pastored a preacher that, 
that, uh, that, that always wanted to be in the pulpit. And one time we were short on ushers. And, uh, and, and we had a couple of ushers that didn't make it that night. And so I asked him if he would, if he would help the usher team that night. This was several years ago. And he said, he said, Pastor, I'm a preacher, not an usher. I said, okay. And so I never asked him to preach again. And so he asked me a few years later why I never had him preach. I said, because you said that you're not an usher, you're a preacher. And if you're too good to usher, you're not good enough to preach. If you can't do a little job for God, you can't do a big job. Amos said, I wasn't a prophet. I wasn't a prophet's son. I'm just a shepherd and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. Let me tell you, you don't have to have a whole bunch of degrees after your name to be used by God. You don't have to have a past that's riddled with all kinds of big names to do something for God. Everybody can do something for God. Everybody counts. Everybody matters. Everybody's important. Everybody can do something for God. He said, I, I, I didn't think I was good enough to do something. I wasn't a prophet. I never claimed to be a prophet. I wasn't the son of a prophet. My dad never told me I was a herdsman. All I did was take care of sheep, and I picked up sycamore fruit. That's all that I was qualified to do. But then God came to me, and God told me to go prophesy. And so I left the herd, and I left the fruit, and I went and did what God said. Let me tell you, don't you ever discount yourself from doing something for God. Amen. I know that while you're sitting here, that you very well could give me a list of reasons why you can't do anything for God. God, I've done this. I've done that. I don't have this and I don't have that. But I don't want any excuses out of this congregation today. I want everybody in this place to know that you can do something for God. You can do something great for the kingdom of God. Amen. You don't have to be a prophet or the son of a prophet to do something for God. You just do what God tells you to do and God will work it all out. You can do something great. I'm looking at some of the greatest revival starters I've ever seen in my life. I'm looking at some of the greatest revival havers that I've ever known in the entire life that I've been on this earth because you're not concerned with what you don't have and what you can't do. You know God can do it. If you know God can do it, I want you to praise him right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I've told you this two or three times lately. And I'm going to tell you again right now. Because I, because I really believe this. I, I remember over the years of my ministry. And I, I've been preaching quite a while. I started at 17 years old. I'm 50 year old, years old now. I know you find that hard to believe. But... Uh, but I, I remember for most of my ministry that the hardest thing that I ever had to do was convince somebody that they were a sinner and needed God. I remember preaching a message at a youth camp around 1994, 5, or 6, somewhere in there. And I preached a message titled, The World's Most Endangered Species. And I had, and I had researched. I had researched all these animals that were, had gone extinct or were about to go extinct, like the California condor, and how that you can't find them anywhere. And the gist of the message was that you can't find a sinner anywhere these days. This was back in the 90s. 
and, and because you couldn't find it, no matter who you talked to, they were saved and they were all right. It didn't matter if they were drunk all night last night, shooting up dope and sleeping with somebody else's wife. Oh, I'm saved, Pastor. No, you're not saved. You're a hypocrite. Amen. I'm not going to re-preach that message. I, I've already preached more of it than I planned to preach. But that was the way we had to preach. We had to convince people they were lost and needed God. Now you got to turn that around. We got people full of the Holy Ghost. We got people that, that God touches with His Spirit and they still come back to church the next service thinking I'm good for nothing. I can't do anything. I'm telling you it's the spirit of this age that we need to come against. God called you out. And God touched you. And don't you let anybody or anything tell you that you're not worthy and that you can't do something for God. There's not a person in this place that God can't pick up and use. Some of our greatest soul winners aren't even here right now. They're sleeping off and they're sleeping off a hangover right now. They're laying in bed right now, still in a stupor over what they did last night. But you give them just a few days, and when they come in here, God's going to turn their life around in such a way that they're going to shake this community. I'm telling you, let's not let's not discount anybody. Let's not discount anybody. Hallelujah. Oh God. Amos said, here's, here's what my job was. I, I tended sheep, and I was a gatherer of sycamore fruit. That, 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 that phrase, a gatherer of sycamore fruit, man, that has a, whole lot, has a whole lot in it. It doesn't sound like much, but that says a lot. His profession was a fruit pincher. A fruit pincher. Now, I don't know if any of you have uh, somebody, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember who I was talking to the other day. I was talking to somebody, and their kid had, had three Fig Newton cookies in their hand. You know what the Fig Newton cookies, anybody know what I'm talking about? It has that brown, real sweet, gooey stuff in the middle. And, uh, and I was talking to this, man, I wish, I wish, I wish that my 50-year-old brain could remember who it was. But he, that little boy was just eating, and he'd, he'd pull that cookie and that, that, that fig inside of it, that stringy sweet would just, it would like pull it away. Figs have been eaten for their sweetness and for their health benefits from the very dawn of humanity. The figs that you're most familiar with are not the same as the sycamore fig, though. The sycamore fig... Is, was, was not nearly as, as sweet and delicious as the common fig. When the fruit was young, very often a worm would burrow into that fruit and use the fruit almost like a cocoon. And that, that fruit had to, be, had to be pinched or squeezed they, they would, to, to let that worm come out. It tended to be hard and bitter here's an exact quote from one of my resources quote it was believed in the east that it would never ripen except it was a little bruised so that some person was employed with a comb of iron to scratch and wound the skin unwounded fruit even when ripe was too bitter to be eaten. But after it had been wounded, it ripened rapidly 
and became sweet. It's amazing that God employed a fruit pincher to be a prophet. God knew that he needed someone that had an understanding that wounded fruit should not be wasted fruit. He needed somebody that knew that wounds did not disqualify. He needed someone who could look at bruised fruit and still see its potential and its benefit. Those who were unfamiliar with the sycamore fig would look at a bruised fig and throw it away thinking it's not good for anything. But Amos could look at a bruised fig and understand that that's exactly the fruit that we need for this harvest. Hallelujah. Listen. God help me this morning. Because there's some wounded people in this place today. Hallelujah. There's some people that have been bruised by circumstances in life. Here's what the resource said. I'm going to read it again. Unwounded fruit, even when ripe, was too bitter to be eaten. But after it was, had been wounded, after it had been wounded, it ripened rapidly and became sweet. I'm looking at a congregation of people that are not foreign to wounds. This world is good at bruising people. Praise God. This world leaves scars and wounds and hurts on people's lives. There are some here who were wounded by fathers that were supposed to protect them. There's some who were wounded by bad decisions and places that you put yourself in. There are some who was wounded by the words of a friend or a loved one, someone you trusted, someone you thought would never hurt you, but yet here you are, wounded. You've come to the house of God, bruised and wounded and hurting. But thank God that God had an Amos in the Bible that understood that wounded fruit is not wasted fruit. That a wounded fruit doesn't just get thrown out and move on to the next tree, move on to the next fruit. But Amos understood there's some wounds here, but it makes it better and it makes it sweeter. Hey, I'm going to tell you, this church will not refuse the wounded. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord. I refuse to reject wounded fruit. God used Amos because Amos understood that the wounded should not just be rejected. I've come to tell somebody that you may have some stuff in your life. You may have some things that hurt. There may be some things in your background that you're not proud of. There may be some bruises on your spirit and bruises on your heart. 
but bruised and wounded does not mean wasted. Your life is not over. Your usefulness to God is not over. Somebody else may throw you out, but God's not going to throw you out. Somebody else might close the book on you, but God's not going to close the book on you. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord right now. I'm reaching for somebody that feels like they're too wounded to ever be useful again. I'm too wounded to ever be touched by God. I'm going to tell you, the wound is exactly what makes you usable in the kingdom of God. Oh God, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, God. I wish somebody help. I wish somebody pray for me. I can't tell you how much I feel that I'm reaching for somebody that almost threw in the towel and said, I'll never be able to do anything for God. There's some people that are here today only by habit because you know you're supposed to come to church, but in your mind you feel like there's no use, that there's no profit for you. I've come to tell you that God employed somebody that understood that wounds did not disqualify somebody. Your issues don't make you unqualified. Your issues make you exactly what God's looking for. I wish we could rejoice with somebody that knows what it's like to hurt but still find hope in the house of God. Oh God, somebody help me pray right now. Somebody help me pray right now. Somebody reach over and grab somebody. There's some wounded people that need to know. I've got wounds. I'm bruised. I'm scarred. But that doesn't mean that I'm useless and I'm wasted. That doesn't mean that God can't do something with my life. Oh, God, I wish somebody would help me pray right now. I wish somebody would help me work in the Holy Ghost right now. Your past, your failures, your wounds don't disqualify you. Oh, Jesus. I wish everybody would close their eyes and lift their hands to heaven. God, help us not to mark people by what they did. Let us not categorize people by their wounds. Let us not categorize people by what they've done or what they've been through. But God, help us understand that some people are wounded, but they should never be wasted. over pray for somebody close to you I feel a I mean I feel a move of the Holy Ghost here right now let me just tell you anytime you hear a voice in your mind telling you that you've done too much or too much has happened you've gone too far you've been hurt too much you need to silence that voice that's the voice of the devil that's not the voice of God Jesus said a, a, a bruised reed I won't break. I'm not going to put it out. I'm not going to break somebody that's already bruised. 
Come on, you ought to help me pray right now. got to stay in the fight. You can't quit. I was, I was on Mount Lebanon a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were in an ancient cedar forest that was, that, that's the same forest. There's trees there that are, are four and five thousand years old. They're the same forest that, that, that Solomon harvested the cedars for the temple from. We were walking through the paths, and, and it had snowed so much, and there was still snow piled up. And so we'd have to kind of cross these, these things on, with, with snow. And Brother Azar's son, Jacob, decided that he wanted to throw a snowball at me. And so he threw a snowball at me, and so I decided I wanted to throw one back. And it was that, it was that good melting snow that kind of turns into an ice ball. And, and, and I was climbing up the mountain. I got hit in the back with a snowball. And so, and so I made a snowball, and he was, and he was going across. And, and I know, look, I know it was a lucky shot, okay? I know it was a lucky shot. But I'm not going to tell him I know that. I let that thing go, and it whacked him right in the ear. It was the most glorious thing. It was beautiful. The Bible talked about a group of soldiers, hundreds of soldiers. The Bible said they could throw a rock within a hair's breadth, left-handed. A whole troop in David's army that could throw a rock within a hair's breadth of where they were aiming and not miss, left-handed. And so the, the historians have looked and they've tried to figure out why would there be a whole troop of soldiers that, there was no, that, that were all left-handed? What, what, why would they make a troop of left-handed soldiers? And they, they began to research. And what they found is that they believed that what this was was a group of soldiers that had been injured in battle and couldn't use their right hand anymore. But instead of quitting and giving up, they picked up with their left hand. I wanted something soft. I picked up, uh, there's a fuzzball there, and it has a bunch of keys on it. I don't want to throw that. But you ever seen somebody? We, we, we had a group of students from Ole Miss. I'm not going to throw that. That's a sucker. I'm going to pretend to throw it. I might put somebody's eye. With this arm, it's, it might be too dangerous. I, I've already almost killed a missionary's kid. Yeah, we had a group of students from Ole Miss. They were from Brazil and Germany and all over the place, and they were playing flag football. They had joined an intramural team, and they were playing flag football, and, and we were bringing them to church. We baptized a few of them, and, and so we, uh, they, they invited us. They, they invited us to go to their flag football game, so we went. It was the most horrible display of football I ever saw in my life. I mean, those kids, they were the one week. I think they got beat the one week 70 to nothing. And the week we were there, they only got beat by like 30. So we figured we're like worth 40 points to them. I mean, they were horrible. They couldn't throw. They couldn't catch. If they did catch, they, they, 
But, and then, I mean, they just got completely destroyed on that flag football field. And then when the flag football game was mercifully over, somebody rolled a soccer ball out there. And it was like, it was like something possessed those kids' bodies. They went from the most unathletic, uncoordinated-looking people that I've ever seen in my life to all of a sudden they can do stuff. They're bouncing the ball and hitting it all over the place. And I'm like, I don't know. how These are not the same kids. You ever seen somebody that's right-handed try to throw left-handed? They can, I mean, they can do it good one way. And in other words... That's what it was like for these wounded soldiers. That when they're hurt, I can quit. I can give up. I can leave the army. I can just go and waste away and do nothing for the rest of my life. Or I can pick up a rock and I can at least try. I'm about to get myself in trouble, folks. I need an intercessor to pray. One time, my wife and girls, we were at Lake Michigan. Her sister was at the cancer hospital, and we were, we'd taken a break from the hospital, and we'd gone to Lake Michigan, one of the largest lakes in the world. We're 10 feet away from it. Me and the girls are throwing rocks and skipping rocks. And my wife, 10 feet from Lake Michigan, throws a rock at the lake and misses the lake. <laughs> you don't have to be athletic to be pretty. I'm like, even this Lake Michigan. It's not like you missed it from Mississippi. You missed Lake Michigan from Lake Michigan. Can you imagine these wounded soldiers that were used to fighting for the king, that now their strong arm is mangled, and now they're trying to throw a rock in Lake Michigan and they miss, but they don't quit, they don't give up, they keep throwing, and they keep throwing until they get to the point where they can sling within a hair's breadth and not miss. Because they learned the lesson. I might have been wounded, but that doesn't mean that I'm wasted. I got wounded. I got hurt. I got the scars to prove it. I don't look like I did before my battle. I don't look like I did before I got hurt. But that doesn't mean that I can't still do something for the king. And so I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit. I'm wounded. But I'm not wasted. And thank God that Amos could look at a fruit where somebody picked it up. You know how we do at the grocery store? You know, it doesn't matter if we have COVID. We're going to touch every apple to find the one that doesn't have a bruise. And we're going to turn over every, every piece of fruit or vegetable to see that we can get the best one. And you, you see one that has, I, I picked up a potato the other day, and it had a little brown spot. And I thought, I'm not spending my money, not at these outrageous prices. For a, for a bruised potato, so I put the potato back. I might go back tomorrow and buy it. Because nobody wants the bruised potato. 
right? Nobody wants the bruised apple. But Amos could pick up a fig and see the bruise and where somebody else had picked it up and put it back and said, no, that one's no good anymore. Amos picked it up. He said, oh, that's just right. That's just exactly what I'm looking for. That's exactly. Because without that wound, it's never going to be a right. It needed the wound to become what it's going to be. And Amos, God employed a fruit pincher to be a prophet. Oh, God. In this house, there's some wounds. Watching online, there's some wounds. There's some people that have been hurt and bruised, and the world looks at them and says, no, I don't want that one. I sat with a deacon of a denominational church. I've been meeting with him now for a couple of years off and on. And uh, I, sat, I sat with him, and he is enthralled by what's going on here He's, he's, he's amazed by the drug program and all the people that are coming in, and they watch us online. He's probably watching now, and if you are, I love you, my friend. And, and, and he said something. He said, you know what? He said, the church I go to, they don't have time for people like that. They don't have time for people like that. that he said, we, we got to figure something out. He said, because, because we, don't, we don't want those kind of people in our church. He said, we got a problem. And I said, and I said you know what? We want all kinds of people in our church. If they got it all together, they got nothing together. If they got it all going for them or it's all going against them. If they've never made a mistake or if they've made so many mistakes, you don't have enough paper to write it all down. God, help us to understand that the wounded does not mean that they're wasted. That just because they're hurting, there's somebody here today. And you say, well, I've been bruised so many times. I've been wounded so many times. It's happened so many times. I don't know if I can. Yes, you can keep going. Just keep throwing. Just keep throwing. Just don't quit. The only way to lose is to give up. The only way to lose is, I'm wounded, but I'm not wasted. I can still find something to do for God. Stand with me this morning, if you will. Oh, Lamb of God. Your hands are lifted all over this place. I'm reaching for the one that knows. You're not trying to put on a front. You're not trying to hide your bruise anymore. I'm wounded. But God, I don't want my life to be wasted. I've been through some stuff, but God, I don't want it all to go to a waste. I don't want to waste my wound. Oh, God, help us. Can you help me pray right now all over this place? I'm reaching for some folks today. I'm reaching for some people that you thought... In the back of your mind, you thought there was too much against you that you can't do something for God. You come to church, you lift your hand, you clap to the music, you say amen. But in the back of your mind, the devil's told you how unworthy you are and how no good you are. That surely...
God that could pick anything wouldn't pick me. He looked me over and put me back because I'm too bruised for God. And so God had a message for Israel. He said, who can I send to talk to Israel? Do I send Hosea? No, no, I'm not going to send Hosea. What about Isaiah? Maybe I could send, no, no, I'm not going to send Isaiah. Ezekiel, he's a great prophet. No. There's a boy out there in that field. There's a boy out there in that field that every day for years he's been picking up bruised fruit and instead of throwing it away he puts it in the basket. He picks up another one and he says how it's bruised and the one that somebody else passed over he says no, no, no that's the one I want and he puts it in the basket because he knows that the sweetest fruit is very often the wounded fruit. Come on, it's time to pray. Is anybody dealing with some wounds? Is anybody that down on the deep inside? There's some things and you think, I don't know if I'll ever be usable again. I'm going to tell you, you're wounded, but you're not wasted. Oh, come on and pray. You ought to put your hand around somebody. You ought to put your hand on somebody's shoulder. You ought to find somebody to yoke up with and pray and let them know. You're not wasted. It's not over. You're wounded. You're hurt. But you're not a waste. right. Come on. Can you help me pray? Can you help me reach out for somebody today?
Jesus' name today. The Bible said, arise, now arise and be baptized. Your new life, your new start can start in that baptistry and you can be made brand new.
Understand, we have two being baptized in the name of Jesus right now. That's right. Let's give the Lord glory for that. Hallelujah. Praise His name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to learn to look at the devil or just speak to him. Say, Devil, you're a liar. God has promises spoken over me, and I'm going to be used of Him. It doesn't matter what He says. We need to rebuke the liar, rebuke the devil, and He'll flee from you. Amen. Amen. Our testimonies are the strongest tool that we have to win the lost. So let's go. Let's light up this world with the testimonies that we have of how God has brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. Let's remember tonight's service. We have service at 630 prayer at 6. Be free, I believe, at 5. Let's come prepared ready to see what God's going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Bring your tithes into the storehouse this morning. Could I have your attention just one moment? Brother Jonathan Morton's dad had fallen off a ladder and uh, is unconscious at the moment. I wonder if we could go prayer for him right now. This is an urgent need. Amen. Let's all pray, bind together. God, we thank you for your many blessings. God, we know you're a healer, Lord. We pray, God, that as you move in this situation, Lord, that you would touch his body touch his mind whatever the whatever the the injury is god i rebuke it in the name of jesus and i command healing over his body in the mighty name of jesus we give you the glory and praise for what you're doing in jesus name amen you're dismissed in the name of the lord